0: Good evening, everybody. So nice to see this crowd, beautiful crowd. I see a lot of singles in the crowd, so B'zrat Hashem. Everybody uh, mingle afterwards, B'zrat Hashem. So today's class is... Today's class, I'm going to give you a few insights that I came up with in my meditations. This is how I usually come up with my classes. I meditate on it, and then the words come out. And Bishrat Hashem, I want to talk to you, more or less, pretty much how to get, how to get the divine province, how to get to this, to this set. Rabbi Nachman says, joy is the hardest level to attain. He said it black and white. Joy is the hardest level to attain. That means it's not something that's going to come to you. It's something you have to fight for. I think this is not something we, we re- recognized when we were younger. We felt, oh, if, some, if I'm not feeling well, if I'm not feeling something must be wrong with me. No, it's, there's tremendous amount of resistance in being happy. The real, it's not today we think, you know, uh, CBD, you can you know, take care of your pain, anxiety. The real CBD here is Chokhmah Bin dad That's the real, the real CBD that's gonna get us to there. CBD, all these little things to, you know, switch our moods. The only thing that's going to really get you in a different mood today is Chachma Bin dat, The ability to really, really look into your thoughts today. So if Rav Nachman says that happiness is the greatest of everything, he tells us that it takes the Shekhinah out of exile. That practically our whole mission in this world is to take the Shekhinah out of exile. Today the Shekhinah is in exile, and our job practically is to get it out of exile. So it's not like you're just doing something happy for you. You're doing it for the grand, grand total. Rab Nachman tells us the rewards for being happy, rewards for joy. He says, you're going to succeed. You're going to have success. He says, your relationships will flourish. You're going to be solar-powered. You're going to get direct, direct energy from above. You're going to be able to be successful in all ways. He guarantees it. in Sefer through joy, you will go out. There's a Pusik that says, through joy, you will go out. That means the exit strategy to all my challenges is my perspective. But the problem today is because we're so rational minded and we've never been taught otherwise. I don't think, I don't remember being taught how to meditate when I was younger. I, didn't, I don't remember being taught how to think greater than I feel. We look at things, we give it a label. Is it good or bad? and we can't get out of our head. And I think that's the real problem today. The Torah is telling you, you pretty much have to get out of your head. How in the world can you get out of your head? And I know when I, when I get stuck in, in things, the hardest thing is not the situation, it's getting out of my head. And getting, being stuck in my head is what's not allowing me to see the solution. And Rabbi Nachman knew this. It's not a, this is not a new story. This is not something new. He told us that you're going to be brokenhearted. But be careful, don't be depressed. Brokenhearted, you're guaranteed. If you're going through a situation in life where you don't have some kind of a broken heart or your soul is not torn in some area, then you're numbing the heck out of it. But he gave, he gave us realistic, realistic perspective. He's telling us, "Listen, you know, you're either in a problem, you just got out of a problem, you're about to go into one." I mean, pretty, pretty much. He's not telling us you're in Ghana. He gave us a real. That's one of the things that Rabbi Nachman's message really gave me: realistic. Whether you're dealing with Moroccans, you're dealing with ex-wives, you're dealing with Bidens, you're dealing. There's always something. And the minute you think you're free, here comes another thing. So now, if I can't avoid, I can't avoid life, then I have to change my perspective. I mean, that's pretty, pretty much what Rav is telling us. How in the world can we think greater than we feel? If I can, if somebody would told you, listen, just think greater than you feel, and I'll get you out of this situation. You'll see this challenge become. What would you do not to do it? But the problem is, what does the ego do? What is the ego? The job of the ego is resistance. Resistance. Logic, it is what it is. Can't you see the situation I'm in? How can I be happy? Isn't that a common thing? How can I be happy unless this happens for me? Isn't that 99% of the things that people do? Why am I growing through it? Why am I going through this? These questions constantly, constantly create resistance. And we need to recognize this. The exit strategy is thinking greater than you feel. Being able to enhance an emotion before the emotion before the situation. That means, even here, Rabbi Nachman tells us, he takes it from the Gemara. He says, a man of faith has abundant blessings. That means, I can't attract blessings in fear. I have to jump to faith. A man who trusts in God has mercy. Basically, every single exit strategy that you've been waiting for, is the ability for you to exit your rational mind, pretty much. The more you get stuck in your rational mind of logic, of limitations, the longer you will stay there. And this is where you need to meditate. This is where you can't do this just thinking about it. You need a place, you need a place to breathe, you need a place to look at these situations completely different. And this is what my classes talk about. It's yeah, we we learn we know what the Torah is. We know the ninety-eight curses of not being happy. We all we we know this. (laughs) Obviously, I'm gonna get more out of life if I love my spouse than resent my spouse. Clearly. But how if it's so easy, why is it so easy? It's because we we can't deal with our emotions. And this is what what Rub Nachman's telling us. You have to be able to get into a better state. That means I can envision myself. See, today we're using our mind the wrong way. We're using our mind for catastrophe instead of manifest, manifestation. It's funny how we have to pretty much go to other sources now on how to manifest and how to, there's not enough sources in, in, in I don't think, in Judaism that unfortunately we, we've fallen from our level of manifestation that instead of manifesting, we become warriors. So that, that is pretty much The first thing I want to talk about. Being able to think greater than you feel. Being able to act as if you already have it. Being able, if you look, if you're trying to get married, walk around like you're you're married already. Like it it doesn't matter if you are or not. Surrender any negativity of lack. And that usually gets the job done. If you can master yourself, because when you're in a good state, bottom line, things come to you. Things come to you. When you're chasing, you're chasing out a lack. You're chasing out a lack. That's a sign already that you're in the wrong, you're, you're definitely in the wrong direction. I've said this many times, when you're in a good state, you work on yourself, you're in a happy state, things come to you, you don't have to chase after them. And this is a very deep message that the Torah is telling you, I want you to think greater than you feel. I don't want you to be so rational and logical. I want you to enhance Emunah. There's no logic behind Emunah. It doesn't make sense. And that's exactly what your creator wants. He wants your simplicity. He wants your simplicity. He wants you to think greater than you feel. You're in a situation where you don't see an exit sign? Plant it there. Plant it there. Plant the exit sign. Why? I don't see it. When you believe it, you start seeing it. So this is we're all, we're all dealing with challenges across the board. And obviously we know that it's the hardest level to attain, but I don't have to live in that life. I have an option to use my mind. And like Ram Nachman says, wherever your thoughts are, that's where you are. I'm gonna give you today pretty much some tips of what happy people do. I mean, I can just give it to you from experience of what I know and people that I've seen have success in areas. And areas that, that, that unfortunately are, are doing the opposite. But don't get stuck on routine. Don't get stuck on logic, that's the first thing. Because if you can't get your imagination, if you can't get your head in the right place, that's gonna stop you. Logic stops you, period. And we wanna completely, completely break all logic, break all limits, etc. That's one of the things I work on with people. So number one resistance that I see is obviously happy people live in the moment. Very much. Because the moment is being constantly recreated. You can't possibly be happy if you're not living in the moment. Because the moment is where everything happens. This is the moment. Tomorrow will be another moment. Rav Nachman tells us in Lesson 60 that the key to riches is your ability to change your attitude Daily. Your ability to see, like the whole world was recreated daily, and this is not some positive momentum speech or anything. This is he's telling you that you have. When you read the word, God renews the world every single day. You have to freaking believe it. You have to like really believe. Oh my God, God renews the world every single day. Today's never existed before. When you say "Modi ani," thank you, gratitude. That's the moment. And then there's going to be another moment. And then there's going to be another moment and then you're always living in the moment which is the key but the minute we don't live in the moment that's going to wipe the smile off your face because because of our insecurity because we don't work on ourselves we become very we have a lot of fear and fear makes us insecure fear makes us insecure business wise fear makes us insecure relationship wise the more fear we have the more we control people the more fear we have we try to control events We don't let go. We don't know, we we just can't handle the, just dealing with the moment. We feel like we have to control it. And when you try to control the events, basically your edge got out. Pretty much edge got out in your life. So that's what control does. When we fall behind, when we fall from our spiritual level and we start having fear, all we do is control everything. And the more we control, the less likely we're going to live in the moment. And that's the root, pretty much, of anxiety. So your relationship with time is very connected to happiness. What is your relationship with time? Rabbi Nachman tells us our days should be very, very, very long. It should be a wide day. It shouldn't be a day where your energy is already, you're obsessing about things that are not going to happen. And that's a big deal, by the way. You have to live in the present. You live in the present, you show up to a date like no problem. You live in the present, you show up to work like it's a brand new date. That's the secret behind me doing a class every single day. Because if I started saying, Well, wow, I gotta do a class tomorrow, and then tomorrow in seven, eight classes, and then 10, 20 classes, I'm not in the moment. I'm not in the moment, my brain's not working. The way to do that is get into your breath, but you have to live in the moment. Relationships, again, living in the moment. The job of the ego, is this constant FOMO. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. You're here, you should be somewhere else. You're dating, it could be another guy for you. It could be another girl. You could be ma- ma- making more money. You could be doing this. You could be doing that. It's, it's never an end. There's never an end. You're never in the right place. Is this my soulmate? Is it not my soulmate? How do I know? You can create, you, you make it your soulmate. It's greener on the other side. No, it's greener where you water it. It's greener where you water it. Everything in life is like that. Your ability to live in the present moment. And Rabbi Nachman tells us black and white in Lesson 61. He says, when you are conscious, time flies, time doesn't bother you. But when you lack awareness, time is your biggest enemy. So this is an area of our lives that when we don't work on ourselves, we don't listen to classes, we don't work on ourselves spiritually, then all of a sudden we lose our consciousness, and then time begins to become the enemy. And then time is rooted in imagination. Just pay attention. for example, start praying. All of a sudden, you know, sometimes we pray, and all of a sudden we start getting, the, 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 the guy goes too long, and all of a sudden we start getting ADHD, when is he going to finish, etc. That means you're not here. You're physically here. But the fact that we're so anxious to finish the prayer, or finish this, finish that, you're here, but your mind is not here. That's why time bothers you so much. People ask me, how long should you meditate? Ten minutes, that's forever. Forget it, don't do it. Your mind's not there anyway. If you can't meditate for ten minutes, you need two hours to meditate. You need two hours to think about why you're not meditating. That means if you don't have ten minutes to talk to yourself and just stop... Stop the movie, let me check in, let me make sure I'm heading in the right direction, then you need two hours to meditate. 10 minutes? No, I can't 10 minutes, I don't have the head for 10 minutes. You're right, you don't have the head for 10 minutes. Your head's somewhere else. And that's exactly the job of the AIDS of They get you, hurry up and wait. You ever hear that? Typical New York. Hurry up and wait. They run, hurry up, and then they wait at the stop. <laughs> hurry up and wait. That's our lives, guys. I I know, when I'm not present, I'm the hurry up and wait. Live in the moment. Live in the moment, I promise you. Because this is not, it's not the solution, if I get married, everything's fixed. Obviously not. That could be the biggest joke in history. Nothing is, it's living in the moment is happiness. It's living in the moment, accepting what you have at the present moment, and exactly where God wants you at that moment. That's called acceptance. And that does tremendous things for you in your life. Your ability to accept things. That means this is okay, I'm in the right place, I don't need to be anywhere else because I'll be 100% present. Can't stress out enough to you. Number two, happiest people are resilient. The happiest of all people are the ones that bounce back quickly. Very difficult. Extremely difficult to be resilient today. But at the end of the day, Time magazine says the happiest people do not say why me, the happiest people say what's next. They bounce back. There's no question in life you're gonna get knocked down. Guaranteed. Guaranteed you're gonna get knocked down in life. Many times. Your ability to get up from that is whether you are a co creator or we're become a victim. Happiest people are resilient. If you're resilient, you will have a smile on your face. Even the science is behind this. But the minute we don't bounce back in life, what happens? We're letting the people who knocked us down control us. Or the situations in your life control you. So you can't be happy if you're being controlled by somebody else. Every day that you don't bounce back, that person who hurt you is controlling your life. Every minute. You're being controlled. You don't even recognize you're being controlled. Bouncing back is the greatest way to get your control back. But look what they did. But look what this. But look at that. But you're still a victim. If you're still a victim, you're being controlled. Period. You're free when you forgive and you bounce back. It is the greatest, the greatest tip that God gave us. That is Rav Nachman 101: Resilience. I learned resilience from Rabbi Nachman, otherwise there would be no way in the world that I would be able to come back the way I came back after what happened to me this year, no question. If it wasn't for the years and years of programming for Rabbi Nachman's teachings, bounce back. You have a bad day, have a bad hour, bounce back. Constant bounce back. You have to have the ability to bounce back. You have a fight with your spouse, bounce back. What's resentment gonna do for you? Nothing. Bounce back. Bounce back. Our Creator does not approve self-pity. He does not approve a victim mentality. And you can see, there's a lot of people with a victim mentality. What are they getting out of it? Nothing. What are they getting out of it? You have the ability to bounce back. I can't tell you that enough. And people will, will look up to you. You don't want people to to look to feel sorry for you. You want people to look up to you. And people look up to people who bounce back. So that's happy people, bottom line. You, you have, you un, you have, they have unshakable beliefs and they come back with a smile. And this is why our sages say, you're gonna get knocked down seven, but your job is to get up the eighth. And the resistance is coming from the, the constant, is the, the eight Zahara, telling us why, why me? why, 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 why me? And you will never know the answer sometimes. But your job is to bounce back. And when you do that, that will put a big smile on your face. That will put a big smile. People who bounce back relationships, people who bounce back from marriages, people who bounce back, I bounce back from a bad marriage. Bounce back. It was the greatest move. You know why? Because people who bounce back have trusted God. They don't have fear. They're not worried about what people are gonna say. They're not obsessed with the future. They just get going. And if you could just learn that one, that's what the Torah's message. You got to be able to bounce back. And without spirituality, you can not bounce back. Because you're too busy thinking about why. And how come. And you can go to a bunch of psychiatrists, get medication. At the end of the day, resilience is in your heart. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. Number three resilient happy people are more mindful than have a mind full big difference you can be mindful or you can have a mind full that means full minds full and this is very important because you have to be the one that hears the voice you are not the voice you are the one that hears the voice just because you get negative thoughts doesn't mean that's who you are just because you get these, remember the Yetzirah is not pumping positivity into you. The Yetzirah is pumping nothing but negativity, all day long. That's a malik. What is a malik? Rakra, ra Rakra, all day long. You have to be the one to observe your thoughts. Just because you think something, that's not. Just listen to it. Listen to the voice. Listen to what's coming out. Don't attach yourself to everything you hear. This is a big one, by the way. And you have to start again, again. How to do this? You need to breathe, you need to stop, and you need to listen. If I did everything that I'd listen, every thought that came to me, I wouldn't be here right now. I would, I would not be here. I'm tired. I, uh, uh. Bottom line, you make decisions. The minute you start hearing, listening to your inner voice, and you're just hearing, you think you are the voice, I promise you, you're going to go into comfort 99 out of 100 times. It will not, your inner voice is not telling you to grow. Your inner voice is telling you, just take it easy. You worked hard, even in Florida, believe it or not. (laughs) I Think the only one that really worked hard in Florida is is DeSantis, (laughs) everybody else, we got lucky. Hashem blessed him that he should continue to have his bitachon in life. We should, all, we should all learn from Ron DeSantis how much bitachon he had and how, how successful he was because of his mindset. Not one day did he have fear, a lot of noise, calm confidence. You should learn from a guy like that how to have bitachon. Nothing shaked him. When things were up, when so things were down, this is who I am. Unshakable belief system. A lot to learn from him. The fourth thing happy people do is they have more appreciation and less expectation. If you wanna teach marriage 101, drop the expectations, marry the appreciation. Otherwise you got resentment. I mean, I can tell you marriage 101. You're almost trained to be a giver. If not, unless you're not human, you're going to have resentment. And resentment is the number one marriage killer today. Resentment, resentment, resentment leads to passive aggressiveness. How much time do you think? That means, if you're married today, Rabbi Rush says you have to spend 30 minutes a day talking nice about your spouse. Meditating on how nice your spouse is. Everybody have 30 minutes a day to talk about how nice your spouse is? 30 minutes. It says, the secret to marriage is every day, wake up 30 minutes and think about only the good points in your spouse. Because if you don't program to think of the good points in your spouse, automatically you're going to see what's wrong because you're a human being, period. Nothing more but because you're a human being. We're not prone, we're not, we, don't, we don't look for positivity We don't wake up, even though we say, Modei Ani, thank you, God, five minutes over. Rabbi Rush says, you want to have a happy marriage, period? You're not praying enough for your spouse. Whoa, what do you mean, Rabbi, this, this, this. Did you hear what I told you? That's what he says to people. Stayed at my house, same recipe. Every single marriage that came in, I have a marriage problem. How much time do you spend uh, praying for your spouse or your future soulmate? Not much. That's why you have what you have. How do you expect to have love when you have judgment? It's not possible. Love, judgment blocks love. And the way to do that is you have to have appreciation. But because we're always in our head all the time, we just think about what we're getting or what we're not getting out of the relationship. And again, you, again, this is normal. But the thing is, you have to recognize what to fix. And I'm going to tell you the truth. If you're single, set, make sure you have 30 minutes before you get married, once you're looking for the right one, that you'll dedicate 30 minutes, even 20 minutes, to just thinking about the good points in your spouse. It's so quick. Remember, you have a 50, 60% chance of getting a divorce. The odds are not in your favor. The odds are not in your favor. I hate, I hate a big reality check, by the way. The odds are not in your favor. You're more chance- you have a better chance of losing than winning. It's good to have that perspective, by the way. When you recognize the odds are not in your favor, then you start taking a different approach. Wow, what are my rituals to make sure that this marriage flourishes? Just think about that. You're not, the odds are not in our favor today. We're not walking in with 90% chance of winning. You're walking with a 40% chance of winning. That's a whoa! 40% chance of winning not something you could just say, oh, take it easy, take it easy. No, you have to be prepared. You have to really be programmed today. Especially with whatever else is going on in the world. That's just adding to that stress that just ends up becoming a uh, displacement of energy. So this is something we all have to really look into. How much time are we spending thinking about good points in your spouse? This is not gonna come to you, I promise you. You have to really focus on it. And what you focus on is what you get. And from my experience, doing this for years, it works. It works. It's so easy to have resentment today. It's so easy to have resentment with God, by the way. Very easy. Many people have to get them to stop hating God. (laughs) The customers I get are not, uh, you know, kumbaya. (laughs) I hate God. Why is he doing this to me? That's the typical running a rehab center. Nobody nobody really loves... (laughs) Uh, God at that t- at place and time. Because remember, that our level of perspective and our view of our Creator are exactly the same. This is why the famous line, when you change your relationship with your Creator, your Creator changes your relationship with people. Period. When you change your relationship with your Creator, your Creator does the work. He does the work for you. But when you don't change your relationship with your Creator, then He leaves you to do the work. Good luck with the 40%. I'd rather take the divine help in heaven. But again, I'm just keeping it real. (laughs) That's what I'm telling you. This is, my my whole goal is really to really keep it real and to tell people real perspective. And this is all Hasidic teachings, but this is, we just have to bring it out to recognize how important. Like, I can't just live a life of comfort in my, I can't get comfortable in my marriage and think it's going to work out. I, I just can't have that attitude. I know Florida's great; we love it. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it's amazing, but it's very easy to be comfortable here. And we're comfortable whenever you be, become casual with something, you become a casualty to it. Don't get casual just because you live in Florida. Maybe you need to get hit by a coconut tree, maybe a palm tree. A good coconut hits you in the head. Knock a little sense into all of us. But just because you moved here doesn't mean you have all the cards. In New York, they had a little more hunger in New York. They're a little anxious, they're worried. You know, they put a little bit more effort, I see. But once we get to MIA, the souls go MIA too, here. Everything goes to MIA too, here. I recognize that. Don't get comfortable because you live in Florida. Don't get comfortable. You know what, ha- what happens when you get comfortable? You meet comfortable people. And comfortable people don't get married. Comfortable people date. Ah, just, you know, we're picking up the LA syndrome. Three months and out. Same thing, don't get comfortable. Show a strong relationship with your creator and he will bring you serious people. I always tell that to singles. Get serious with your creator. Commit to him and he will get somebody to commit to you. But when we become casual with our Creator, we want serious people. We want serious people to commit to us. Doesn't match. Doesn't match. Got to be serious. Everything I see. Remember, whatever relationships you see on the outside, it's just a reflect. It's just reflecting a relationship that you have in heaven. It's that easy. This is why Reb Nachman tells us that. Your quality, of, your quality of matches, your quality of zivug, it could be a business zivug, it could be a business zivug, it could be a marriage zivug, is your quality of prayer, hand in hand. If the prayer is weak, you get weak people. Strong prayer, strong people. I've set up many people, I've set up many people. This is not my first time doing this. And what I've seen, I've I seen results, or the people who are able to now, they're serious. They're serious, serious people come. Casual, casual people come. You don't want to walk into a Baskin-Robbins with 36 flavors the God doesn't know who to commit to. This is what you're going to get. Indecision, what, what ice cream? This one, this one, that one. That's what you're getting. Lot of indecision. But your creator is your, has your match for you guys. Your creator has your match. Your creator has your match of business. One phone call can make you rich or poor with the wrong partner. One phone call could have a tremendous success, or you could be in litigation with one partner. I've I been in both ends. So just recognize whatever your creator, all he wants to do is get your attention. That's all. It's love, but it's tough love. But he wants to get your attention. So when you start having weak dates, the signal's weak in heaven. Weak business relationships, signal's weak in heaven. It's that simple. Reb Nachman tells it to us, that simple. Because you're, not, you're here to connect. And when you connect, he connects for you. It's Kabbalah 101. As below, so is above. It's a parallel universe. That's why, bottom line, something you hate about something of somebody, you ha- you're holding that hate yourself. It's, it's, it's so obvious, but you have to be in tune with your emotions. You have to be really in tune with your feelings, and you have to recognize it, and you have to be able to take that responsibility to say, okay, this needs to change, versus blaming the whole world, or the single or the shidduch crisis, or this one, or that one. What's that going to get you? What's that going to get you? Remember, arrogance, arrogant people blame, blame outside. Humble people know that it's something they need to work on. That's the difference. Humble people know something I need to do. My Creator is sending me messages that I need to change. My Creator is sending me constant messages. Again, this is not easy. It is not an easy thing to do. But it's something that your Creator wants to make sure... You don't walk around with this unworthiness. You don't walk around with any, any negativity. So he exposes that area in your life. Over and over again. That's why happy people don't take things so personal. They learn. Unhappy people make everything about them. Being a Scorpio myself, I've worked on this for about five years. Of how much, just—it's not about you. It's not about you. Not about you. Because I used to constantly get triggered very easily. We all have a specific issues in areas of our lives that we struggle in. Everybody comes here with a package. One comes with an anger package. One guy comes with an emotional package. One guy can't make a decision for his life. Another one stuck on logic, Earth everybody has a package it's whoever works on that package but we all get one the Arizo says you're coming here to Vertikun you're coming here to repair it's one of the four elements it's nothing new nothing new if you're not struggling in something you're just not aware of it (laughs) that's really the issue you're just not aware of the struggle you're not aware of it but believe me that struggle is there if you're smart you get aware on it you get aware you manage it You work on it, you pray, and then you're created as the rest. That's the only difference between people who are successful in areas or not. It's they're aware of their struggles, they work on their struggles, they pray, they know what they need to work on, and they get success in that area. And then they're happy. You see, the happiness is after the work. There's no such thing as, why am I not happy? You don't know who you are, what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, etc. And That's what's very, very important. We, we got to look with deep within. That's so important. Reb Nachman's message. It, it's very, very much of the new, new the, the new world of psychology. It's all look within, look within. But this is not. A, it's not a new concept, guys. It's it's called Bitl. Bittl means surrender all the negative attributes that you have about yourself until you remove every single shadow. And once you remove the shadow, the light comes in. You know, your, your job, you know, in one in marriage could be, again, not taking things personal. Not taking things personal. That could be a whole, that could be a master's in not taking things personal. That could be a whole work in itself. Another one could be just being able to just be happy making a decision, airside, not thinking that you're always in the wrong place. Just make a decision. One decision. Another person could just struggle with with the earthiness of life, of logic and a struggle with faith. Another fire, another person struggling with anger on his life and control. It. But it's something you're going to struggle with. But you have to make sure if that's not worked on, that sometimes becomes your personality. And when that becomes your personality, then you're stuck. Because that's what you, like Joe Dispenza says, that becomes your personality so it becomes your personal reality. And that's where the problem is. Oh, well, what do you think about that person? Oh, she's very angry. Not for me. What do you mean she's very angry? She had a moment of anger? Or oh, this is who she is? Membership in anger. No more morocco jokes, by the way. I only get two a night, and then I get shaita. That's it. Two a night, that's my last... But I'm just trying to explain to you the whole concept. Don't, don't let a bad habit become your personality. Your job here is to get to that. Work on yourself and bittle in that area. So again, number six, they are focused. They don't take things personal. They don't. Not everything's about them. Happy people. Not everything's about them. They're able to see a bigger picture, even when they struggle, even when they have a failure. It's not always about you. Maybe you're you. See, there's a difference between being tested in something, and you're thinking you're being punished in something. This is a common method that I see people fail at. They're going through a struggle, I'm being punished. No, 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 You're being tested. But you think you're always being punished. How do you react when you're being punished? Right away, to anger. You're being tested. Are you gonna get tested? Absolutely! If, there wasn't, if you didn't get tested, that's the whole purpose of creation, is to allow free will so you can choose the right decision. But if you think you're always being punished, then you're being self-centered, and you're not gonna get the right answer, because you're already looking at it the wrong, the wrong way. But if you believe you're getting tested in life, then you look at it completely different. And at the end of the day, if you're getting tested, you might as well put on a test, put on a smile. Because back again, through joy, you will succeed in that test. So there, 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 here we go. So first, number one, label everything as a test. Don't look at it as punishment. That already is never going to allow you to be happy. How can I be happy if I'm being punished? Look at it as a test. It's going to happen to us all the time. Hashem uses His name Elohim to test us. He has a specific name to test you. So when, you, when many people label punishment, and they fall into terrible addictions for no reason, because they label that as despair. It's just a test. You know why? Because your Creator, if He doesn't challenge you, He doesn't change you. You will never change unless you're challenged. And you have to be tested to be challenged. But everybody wants to change, but they don't want the challenge. It's not an option. It's not an option. It's not an option. You're going to be tested. And you're going to be tested in the areas that are you're weak. The areas that you're weak in life, you'll get tested. Whether it, be, it could be a codependency relationship. You know how many people in recovery get tested to use right afterwards? Does that mean they're bad people? Does that mean no? God wants to make sure. Are they really in recovery? Or are they saying they're in recovery? Testing is a form of cleansing the past. But you can't label it punishment. People would label it, label and the punishment. They have very immature, childish, a very immature, childish concept of God. They're looking at God in a picture with a moon, with a, in the clouds, with a stick. I mean, this is the, the immaturity level that we've, that we've reached. We've, we haven't, Rev Cook says, anything but the word ain't which means no limit. Is completely childish. being childish. It's a childish imagination of you using. Oh, God is angry at me. God is angry at me. He uses different names to test us. If we remove from Him, He removes from us. But He's not punishing you. He's challenging you. So this is where we have to re- recognize because He broke that relationship. How many times have I seen? God has to break your heart to save your soul. You're so blind in that relationship that if He didn't break your heart, He would destroy your soul. You know how many times I've seen that? I see God giving that person a kiss from heaven and they're looking at it. Look, why, why did you do this to me? This is why we have to teach classes. Because without that, no that, you have nothing. You have no that, tomorrow says. You have that, you have perspective, you have that, you have knowledge, you have everything. You don't have that, you have nothing. You have nothing, it's black and white. Rav Nachman's whole mission in his whole life was to come to this world to give people that. That's, that's what he was here for. "I'm here to give that." And you know what he told us? He told us that we have to acquire that, we have to acquire knowledge, and then we have to give it out to other people. And this is how it stays fresh in your mind. When you get knowledge and you go teach it to others, which leads to happiness because you're giving. You are fulfilling, because at the end of the day, there are no move, moving companies in the grave. Nobody cares if you're wearing a paddock or roll Rolex in the grave. What did you do? What did you do? What are you known for? There's no moving companies in the cemeteries. Nothing you can take with you, zero. The only thing you can take with you is the name you gave. What, what did you do in this world? What in the world did you do in this world? Not your resume, your legacy. What in the world did you do in this world? This is why you have to acquire knowledge, because you have to leave something behind. Otherwise, what are you leaving behind? What in the world are you leaving behind? Watches, money, this? What's that going to do for you? Nothing. Zero. The stuff that we're all chasing all day long. This should be the number one priority, acquiring that. I'm not telling you to be a fanatic. I'm not telling you to study all day. But you have to acquire something in your life. You have to acquire knowledge. And that will give you happiness, because you have perspective, and you have everything else, and you have success, because you have wisdom. But without that, we just walk around with, you know, waiting for things to change, waiting, checking our phones for updates, for things to change, and things to change, and we're just headed in the wrong direction. And this is what life, this is what... First, be happy, then be religious. He said it, he Habit said. He didn't say religious first, he said, first happy, then you could be religious. Because if you don't have that aspect of of of, of purpose and, and goal and, and living with meaning and becoming a giver and, and all these things we spoke about, then we walk around all day long taking things personal, expecting our self worth is dependent on our net worth, and we, we just we lost the whole big picture and we lost the potential, and that's why you know I, this message is very important. It's not enough for you guys just to acquire that. You have to ask yourself, how many people are you affecting? How many people? This is why I do this. I do this because Rav Nachman says to do this. And because I've been able to give so much, he has given me so much. Your level of growth, just like everything else, you go to a nice restaurant, you spread it, you tell, why, well, what a great restaurant. Same thing, when you hear something in life, your job is to make students. And that's how you can change the world. You can change the world because you become now the, the the, the the source of the dot, and everybody else, is be Hashem, will be able help. May Hashem help us all. We should all acquire a lot of dot. We should all have success in all areas of our lives. We should get married, but more importantly, we should always enhance the. We should always go to the emotion before the event. Don't be like a beggar, lacking always. I need this to happen to be have. No, no, no. Take the take the, take the step first. Through joy, you will exit. Don't wait for the. To exit once joy comes. Through joy, you will exit. Be able to think greater than you feel. Right, That's today's class.